0: Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills.
1: We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, PT, and today we're going to be talking about suboccipital release techniques for treating headaches neck and upper back pain. We'll be going over what diagnoses we should use SRT to treat. We'll be talking about why people develop suboccipital pain. And we'll also talk about how to perform suboccipital release techniques and so much more. But if you don't mind waiting for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and
0: supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedcorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCorp. And we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises, available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription.
1: Welcome back everyone. So today we're going to be talking about suboccipital release. Now this is something that I do a lot of with my patients, especially those with headaches and cervical spine pain. Um, I find that it is a great little technique just to get people comfortable, get them to relax. Um, And, uh, you know, it gives you a chance to kind of maybe ask a few more questions, you know, when you're evaluating them or you're just chatting with them, just getting comfortable and uh, letting them get comfortable with you. And uh, I always, you know, mention this before I start suboccipital releases, I always say, you know what, I am not going to I'm not going to manipulate your neck, we're not going to do anything fast, we're not going to rotate it, we're not going to, you know, Uh, do any cracking of your spine. We're just going to really, this is going to be really, really gentle, should be super comfortable. And I thought what we should talk about today, first of all, though, is a little bit of this suboccipital anatomy. And uh, there's a lot going on in here. You know, you have this suboccipital ridge, I think, which is a good starting point, which basically if you put your thumbs at the base of your skull on the back side, you'll feel that ridge go side to side. Now, with some people, it's very difficult to identify. They may have a really thick upper trap and posterior cervical spine muscles, and, and it's hard to get there. And other people, you can just like really dip down into it, and it's real easy. Um, there are a lot of tenderness attachments, you know, in this area. You have your semispinalis capitis, your splenius capitis, rectus capitis, and a lot of your fibers from your upper trapezius muscle come and attach to this ridge at that suboccipital space. Now, something to remember about all these capitis muscles is that they're loaded with Golgi tendon organs. So when you put some light pressure on those muscles, you actually stimulate the Golgi tendon organ to to have like an inhibitory effect and that inhibitory effect just helps to turn off some of those muscles that are usually in spasm and really helps to relax a lot of the surrounding structures. The other thing you need to remember about these little muscles that sit in the base of the back of the skull uh, is that there's a lot of proprioceptive feedback coming from these muscles. They really help with balance and stability and having your neck and head in in the proper position and they actually work very intricately so they're very very important and if they're in spasm and in pain and maybe some trigger points there. Uh, people are going to have a hard time with, uh, with their balance. They're just not going to feel uh, as steady on their feet. So the other thing that uh, we need to remember is that Coming through a lot of these fibrous tissues and this tendinous tissue at the suboccipital space are these occipital nerves uh, coming through that area. And, uh, you know, if you have tightness in this fascia and the tendons and the muscles, these nerves can get compressed and they can become really irritated and agitated. Then we have our supraspinous ligament over the uh, supraspinous processes. And if we go a little bit deeper than that, we have our cervical spine facets. And, um, you know, there's a ton going on here in the posterior aspect of the upper cervical spine, posterior uh, suboccipital region. So you can really see why, you know, 80% of headaches come from upper cervical spine dysfunction. So it's usually muscular in nature. You manage a lot of the the suboccipital musculature, pain, spasm, uh, and immobility there, and headaches start to settle down for a majority of patients. So it's an area that really needs to be tended to. The other thing I want to talk about in regards to anatomy and position is that, you know, if a patient comes in and they have a thoracic kyphotic type posture uh, and the head is maybe a little bit forward, in order to communicate with people in front of you, you have to extend that upper cervical spine. So you're really compressing a lot of that suboccipital tissue. They become very shortened, okay? And a shortened muscle that is not pumping a lot and moving a lot is going to get really congested going to end up with a lot of metabolic waste product in there. It's not going to move it out very well. Uh, so these muscles in the in the upper cervical spine region become shortened, and the ones on the front of the neck become lengthened. And we know what happens with shortened and lengthened muscles, right? They're inefficient. They don't function uh, very well. And as a result, uh, can cause pain and can cause dysfunction. So Let's talk a little bit about what some of the diagnoses are, and then we'll get into the treatment of uh, of some of these. So, one of the uh, number one diagnoses uh, we are doing suboccipital release with would be headaches. Okay, usually secondary to muscular tension or even some suboccipital neuralgia. So, pain in those little nerves that are coming through all that fascia uh, in the uh, suboccipital region. uh, You know, we can really help settle down headaches while uh, doing this. um, Release. Then we also see a lot of folks with cervical facet pain, and um, we try to relax some of those posterior muscles. And by doing that, we can take some compression off of those facets. The facets aren't going to be grinding as much. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I hear a lot of noise in my neck when I turn side to side." Well, a lot of that is just um, the orientation of the facets, and there are a lot of nerve fibers around that facet capsule, and uh, and so just the position uh, can help. If we can relax those muscles back there, you're going to get less compression on those cervical facets. Um, People who have myofascial pain throughout that upper trap or people who do activities uh, where they might be in sustained postural stress at a computer all day long, or maybe they are uh, working on a production line and doing fine motor activities with their hands, uh, kind of bent forward in in a static postural position will develop some myofascial pain throughout that suboccipital space and upper trapezius, levator scapulae region, and uh, so we'll do SRT for that also. And then folks who lose cervical spine range of motion, so... Oftentimes, you lose cervical spine range of motion because of facet joint tightness, you know, or there's a bony structural issue here going on. If you have a kyphotic posture and the neck is an extension, you're not going to be able to rotate as well. But one of the things you can do with these folks to try to identify if they are having muscular restriction to their cervical spine rotation is, you know, go behind them and don't do anything. Just ask them to look left and look right and measure their range of motion. And then what you do is you just... Lift their elbows up so that you're passively shrugging their shoulders, taking complete pressure off the upper traps and and a lot of those muscles, you know, that attach to the base of the skull and ask them to rotate again. And if they have an improvement in rotation, then you know that that is a muscular restriction. So these people do really well with suboccipital release. People with cervical nerve root compression, uh, you know, the tighter those muscles are, will will squeeze and close the foramen even more, and um, it makes it hard to do deep cervical activation exercises, if the suboccipitals are really tight. So SRT can be really helpful with uh, nerve root compression problems in the cervical spine. Um, You know, cervical spine arthritis, like I mentioned earlier, anything that irritates the facets uh, can be a factor. And then anybody with a forward head thoracic kyphotic type posture, um, they're harder to treat with SRT just because of positioning. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, those folks will have a lot of tension up there and uh, this can be very helpful for them. So how do I like to perform uh SRT? Well, the first thing we do is we put that patient supine. I Always put a roll under their knees, so like a bolster of some sort. And when we do that, it takes pressure off of the iliopsoas, and therefore the pelvis can posteriorly tilt a little bit, and it's not in tension pulling on the spine. So it's a much more neutral position. The other thing that, if you're having a hard time getting your patient to relax, I like to do something called effort substitution. So you put them, you know, in a room, you might lighten the uh, dim the lights a little bit, uh, put their roll underneath their knees, but their legs legs are going to want to roll outward, right? Because that's just nature. Gravity is going to push the legs outward. So you might put a couple pillows on the outer side of both ankles just to hold the feet up so they're not rolling out. I might put a pillow underneath the glenohumeral joint and under the elbow and put the hands on the belly and just kind of uh, protract the scapula just a little bit. And I'll tell you what, they're just going to want to fall asleep right when you do that. Try it to yourself sometime and see how relaxing that is when all the soft tissues are just kind of like in complete rest and not in tension. So try that sometimes. That can be very helpful in getting your patient to relax. Then the other really more important thing here so that you can continue doing this with people is that you properly position yourself. Okay. So ergonomically, you should set yourself up, you know, where they are on a table, they are uh, laying with the head facing you, they're looking up toward the ceiling. Uh, You want your elbows, you know, pretty close to 90 degrees. You want to get them in a nice relaxed position. You don't want to be reaching way ahead of you. The other thing you don't want them doing is you don't want the patient so close to you that uh, your arms are unsupported when you're holding their head so I always have them pushed down on the table away from you just a little bit so you can get your, your wrists and forearms maybe on the table a little bit and um, they can rest. Then what you do is you, you put the pads of your fingers uh, right in that suboccipital space just inferior to the uh, suboccipital ridge and you're just taking up the weight of their head. Their head is just totally relaxing and laying that right on your fingers, Okay. And then um, you're just putting very, very light pressure. And sometimes I'll do a very gentle traction, but it's not an aggressive traction. I want this to be just a pressure and it should be super relaxing. So I'm not taking them through a lot of motion with this. Um, I might do this for three to five minutes, and then follow that up with a little bit of manual traction. And you'll notice that manual traction will be a lot easier because they're going to be so much more relaxed. You'll notice that if you try to do some passive cervical spine rotation with them, um, that stretch will be easier to do because they're going to be less apprehensive. And um, it works really well. So I usually do it in that order. I'll do some suboccipital release, I'll do a little light manual traction some soft tissue mobilization maybe to those posterior cervical spine muscles and some gentle uh rotation so you really you know what i like most about suboccipital release it's that you know most people love it they just like melt in your hands you can feel those muscles like totally let go and totally relax and here's the weird thing like when i'm doing this with patients it relaxes me also. It's really strange. Like I'll, I'll, I'll just sit there and I can tell they're relaxing. I'm relaxing. I'm not stressing my body really hard. My fingers are just there and, um, it's just totally relaxing for both. And it gets them prepped for other activities that you want them to do, especially if you're going to work into a thoracic kyphosis reduction program. So, you know, make sure that you get yourself in a good position and, um, And uh, that will help you just kind of last longer. Your fingers won't shake as much, and uh, it'll be much more comfortable for both of you. Uh, And this is, you know, another example of why, you know, if you're a therapist or you're a chiropractor and you're doing uh, this suboccipital release, your hands need to be strong. And uh, so weight training is is good, you know, when you're not you know, working and uh, trying to keep your upper body good and strong, working on your own posture is important so that you can continue to do these activities that require, you know, some manual uh, physical strength. Um, so now people are going to ask, you know, is there anybody you can't do this on? Like, are there any real contraindications to doing suboccipital release? And there really aren't. Um, you know, maybe the person who, is severely kyphotic and maybe they have a really a forward head posture and they just have a spine that will not allow them to extend. These folks may not like to be on their backs. Uh, They don't like to have their head back. So you may position them so that you're flexing them a little bit while you're doing this. But again, you should position yourself correctly to do that. And then some people who may have like BPPV and uh, get a little dizzy if they're laying down, you can kind of prop them up, maybe semi recumbent to do this, but it's going to be a little more work on you. Um, so those are some of the considerations, but you're not doing a lot of traction. So you're not really worried about cervical instability or, uh, you know, cervical, um, uh, cerebral artery issues or anything like that, so you know I'm not too concerned there. Uh, I, I do this on a lot of folks, and they really love it. So it's a great way to do that. Now, a lot of people say, "Well, how can I do this at home?" And there are uh, little ways of doing that. You can you can take two racquetballs, tape them together, and they can place that at the suboccipital oc- 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 o- c- space and just kind of lay there uh, on it. Some people will roll up a towel. There are little devices like we have at the clinic called the Neck Queen. I have uh, I personally have. a neck and shoulder relaxer, and uh, there are cervical traction pillows that have little knobbies in it that you can rest your head on and put that pressure there. And uh, I can link some of those in the show notes if you want and uh, just give you some different ideas. There's tons of products out there, uh, but these are the ones that I'm most familiar with and that I like to use myself. Um, So I hope you enjoyed today's show and uh, you maybe you use... Uh, suboccipital release a little bit more to get your patients relaxed and to optimize their motion function and decrease pain. Again, uh, send me your questions for the show. I'd be more than happy to get to those and give you as much information as I can. Be sure to check out all of our other social media outlets, such as Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and um, most importantly, our uh, YouTube channel, uh, which is growing all the time and uh, really uh, helping a lot of folks out there all over the place. So again, folks, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time uh, and all of the great comments that you've sent. Take care and be kind to each other.
0: We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, Go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.